have a huge impact on our internal voice. Those two, you know, we have those who are around us uh, speaking into our lives, the voice of fathers, the voice of father figures, and then we have the voice of God the Father. Then he, you know, speaks words over us. He declares his word about who we are and why we exist and what he loves about us. He declares his word. We also have the voice of the father of lies that comes with his version of our identity, with his version of who we are. And so what happens is that begins to shape our internal voice. It begins to shape some of our internal dialogue through life. And so we have the, the kind of the pre-purpose, the, 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 the destination that God has for us in who we are, and then we have the forces that kind of uh, try and shape and mold our hearts and our lives, and it does that by molding our internal thought processes and our internal voice about ourselves. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your heart for us this morning. We thank you that you love each person here. It's not by accident that any person is here. God, I thank you for your kingdom that is growing in us and through us. And Father, my prayer this morning is that no matter where we are in our relationship with you, each one of us would take one step closer. And God, I thank you for your heart and for your, your plan for each person here. God, we thank you for your identity over each one of us and how you celebrate each one of us and who we are and who you have created us to be. And Lord, I just ask, God, that, that fear, that shackles, that shame, that guilt, Lord, um, that pride would just fall by the wayside this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for a family. Thank you for a church family that we can walk with, that we can run with, that we can grow with. And God, we just ask your, your presence to be here this morning. We honor you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Awesome. Turn with me to Luke chapter 3, verse 22. So I don't have the clicker. Uh, I forgot to grab it. So you can just follow along with me uh, on the back there. So identity boost, Luke chapter 3, verse 22. You know, uh, a lot of times when we talk about identity, man, stuff gets stirred up. You know, probably every time uh, that I have uh, remember anyway, talking about it in our churches in Cape Town, talking about it in the schools that we would run, talking about it in Harvest Nest School Supernatural Ministry that we'd run. I mean, it's like that's the week or that, that's the time where stuff gets stirred up because there's something really on this about God's heart for you and I in our identity and knowing who we are and knowing who he desires us to be and kind of the, the conflict that happens between the enemy over, you know, the, really the fight over you and my life is, thank you, the fight over our lives, thanks, um, is about our identity. Because if we, you know, we can be the most gifted, the most anointed, the most called person, but if we don't understand that, we wind up not taking risks. We wind up not stepping out in faith. We not, wind up not pursuing opportunities. We wind up, you know, just kind of, uh, uh, you know, relegating ourselves to like the back you know, the back part of uh, our existence, the back row of our existence. And, and, you know, the Lord honors faith. That's one of the things that he looks for uh, in our lives. And when, you know, the Bible talks about Jesus saying, when I, when I come, like, will I find faith on, the, on earth? And so there's things that uh, we need to step out and take risks on. And a lot of times the ability to take risks has to do with... Um, our internal ability to pursue it and to go for it. 
We were talking this morning uh, in the car about risk, and Sheree was drinking her coffee <clears throat> in the car. And I was like, babe, you know, you know, we, we kind of stopped. I, I hit the brakes, and she was like, man, you did that right as I was taking a sip. <laughs> and it wasn't intentional, but... Uh, <laughs> But I was like, babe, why, why, are you, why are you in the, you know, why, why are you drinking on a Sunday morning of all mornings, like on the way to church? Why are you drinking coffee without a lid, you know? She was like, oh, babe, it's for the same reason that I married you. You know, I have a high risk tolerance, you know? So, <laughs> and I was like, well, <laughs> a high risk tolerance looks a lot different, you know, 20 years into marriage than it did 20 years ago. Let's <laughs> Now we drive with our coffee uncovered. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, I have no clue how that fits into anything that I'm going to share this morning. Uh, all right. So Jesus, oh, the, that's what, okay. The importance is we need to have a healthy identity. And God's heart is for you and I to have a healthy identity. And so we can, when we talk about this, a lot of things can get stirred up and um, you know, a lot of, we can go into examples of how we know when our identity's messed up, how we know we have challenges, and it can really stir things up. But the main question that we all ask, and that's where I want to start this morning, is how to maintain a healthy identity. Because we can stir up and we can talk about, you know, all the negative things that have happened in our lives and negative voices that we've heard and all these things, and every one of us has a story. Every one of because the father of lies is out there coming against every single one of us. But the, the question is, how do we maintain a healthy identity? Like, when we're, when, if we're not healthy, how do we get healthy, right? That's the point. Otherwise, we just sit in our misery, yeah? And so I believe that Jesus shows us how to have a healthy identity. In Luke chapter 3, verse 22... It says, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. This is when he was getting baptized. And the voice came from heaven saying, you are my son, my beloved. In you I am well pleased and find delight. Man, the affirmation of Jesus' heavenly father, your heavenly father, my heavenly father speaking over Jesus. You know, this is something that... Um, Jesus had, he had that voice speaking into his life. He heard that voice speaking into his life before he had done any ministry yet. This was like, I mean, he had turned water into wine, but that was about it. You know, that was before his time. His mom placed a demand on him. Any, any of you have your mother's place demands on you? Yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, but Jesus really hadn't done a lot of ministry yet. He hadn't done a lot of ministry yet. And the affirmation of the Father heart of God saying, I find delight in you. Uh, you I, in you, I am well pleased. It wasn't because of what he had done. It wasn't because he had achieved a, you know, certain things. And that, that touches on that we are who we are. We're not what we do, right? We're not the works that we do. Even if, even if we have a title like a pastor or like you know, a director or a chief executive or, or a stay-at-home mom, I, that's, those are things we do, right? That's not, it's not who we are. It's things that we do. And Jesus had the affirmation of the pleasure of God in him before he ever started. You know, at the time when he submitted himself to baptism, it was like, man, he had this affirmation, this declaration. Everybody heard it, that the, the voice coming out of heaven saying, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased and find delight. You know, that's kind of what uh, even the bar mitzvah in the Hebrew culture is. 
is for a father to, to kind of call a child up and say, hey, this is my son. He can now do business on, on behalf of me. He can now be a representation of me in the marketplace, be a representation of me in the business and in the industry. And that's what Jesus was doing here. He was receiving that. And it reminds me of Eric Liddell. Um, some of you might recognize him. Some of you would maybe know the, the movie or the song Chariots of Fire. And his, you know, one of his famous quotes was that uh, he was battling this. We know he wouldn't run on Sundays. Uh, he wouldn't run on, on the Sabbath uh, because he, didn't, he felt like he needed to keep it holy. And so he wound up like winning medals uh, in other events when his event was the 100-meter dash and it fell on a Sunday. He decided not to run in the Olympics and ran in like the 400-meter and he still won. And he had the most horrible running style. They said he would flail his arms and he would lift his head back and open his mouth like that. And they said, it was ugly, but he got it done. <laughs> you know? so, but this is him. And one of his most memorable quotes is he was, you know, he was uh, talking through his calling for the Lord. And he said, you know, God has given me a purpose. And that purpose is China. And later he died uh, in China on the mission field. That purpose is going to China. But he also made me fast. And when I run, I experience his pleasure. Amen? And so there's a part of us that not, not really what we do, but kind of who we are, and there's an invitation from God to come into experiencing his pleasure. God has pleasure over who you are, over who he's called you to be, who he's made you to be. He has pleasure in that. And he, is, he welcomes us. I believe there's an invitation in that to come into and experience, God, what do you love about Merle? What do you love about me? And I want to hear your voice because maybe there's things that I don't love about me. Maybe there's things that other people don't like about me. Maybe there's things, you know, I haven't worked out yet or whatever. But in order for me to have a healthy mentality, a healthy identity, I need to know what you celebrate about me. I need to know what you think about me. And so last week, Alan gave us uh, some great scriptures on the back of our notes about, you know, what the Bible says and what God says about each one of us. And he encouraged us to circle three that really stood out to us and, and declare those over our lives, which is a really great place to start. You know, I believe that the key to Jesus maintaining his identity through his life was staying connected to the Father, Staying connected to hearing the heart of the Father. In Luke chapter 5, verse 16, it says that, So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. And I believe that, you know, he, what he was doing is he was just soaking in the presence and the voice of his heavenly Father. He was abiding in him. He was being strengthened in weary days. And he was talking with God. I wonder what their conversation was about. Because really, prayer is just a conversation, and it should be a two-way conversation between you and God. Prayer is just that conversation to say, God, you know, I'm here, and I'm available, and what do you say? And, and, we, and, we, and the word of God, you know, comes in into that. We see that in the uh, multiple examples in Scripture. We won't go into that now, but did you see how I just avoided a rabbit trail there? That was pretty good. Anyway, uh, <laughs> We'll get you out of here on time. <laughs> so the word of God, 
the word of God, the Holy Spirit takes the word of God and he shines it in our hearts. And shine, that's why it's important that we get the word of God in our hearts. So we, we know the Bible, we know what God's word is, and the Holy Spirit comes and shines on that and brings it to our remembrance. So we, and the, as the Father speaks over us, and I'm sure that in the conversation with his heavenly father, Jesus talked about many things. I'm sure there was some instructions, you know, because we know in, in uh, John chapter 5, verse 19 and 20, it says that Jesus said unto them, truly, truly, I say to you that the son of man can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son does likewise, for the father loves the son and shows him all that he, uh, that he himself is doing, and greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. There's things that God has in his secret uh, heart for you. You know, there's things that he wants to tell you that he doesn't want anybody else to know because it's a secret between him and you. And living in that place, you know, there, the affirmation and the encouragement, I'm sure there was instruction that was happening, but I'm sure that in that as well, Jesus was hearing just reinforced over and over again. When the Pharisees were hating him, when people didn't like what he was doing, you know, when they didn't understand what he was doing, when they misinterpreted his words and twisted them around and all that kind of stuff, he was sticking close to the Father and he was going away to pray. Um, so we have, the thing is, we have to have our own walk. And as much as we can come and hear good messages and hear good songs, we have to have our own walk. And there's, there's one thing that I love about hearing good speakers is that it can stir us and encourage us. But there's another thing that sometimes I cringe at is that when, when, we, when we can go into an environment like that and we're not in a healthy place, we wind up like comparing our relationship with the Lord to what it seems like their relationship with the Lord is on stage. And then it's like, Oh, I, I just, I should not even try, you know? Like my relationship with the Lord means nothing. And that's not true. That's not true. You know, God is dancing over you. He is rejoicing over you with singing. He celebrates you. And so the value, the relationship that each one of us has with the Lord in an individual capacity is so important. It's so important. You know, um, the seven sons of Sceva this is identity theft in 90 AD. The seven, the seven sons of Sceva, they were trying to use another person's identity in the spirit in order to have authority. And I think, you know, that's kind of what identity theft maybe looked like then. Uh, in, we, we got a letter the other day. Actually, we've gotten a, a lot of letters lately, like uh, from, from companies and different institutions whom we've trusted with our confidential information, and you get the letter that says, oops, we've been hacked for the last 10 years, and your, your confidential information may have been exposed. And you're like, ah, what? <laughs> anyway, that's the day, that's what we live in, right? That's the day and age we live in. A friend of mine who had, who, uh, had turned 65 decided he was not going to retire yet, and someone else got his social security number and retired him for him. And tried to receive the payments. Meanwhile, he's not, you know, he's not thinking retirement. He's not, and, and I think the way he found it out was uh, just he got some kind of a statement in the mail like, oh, you're on, you're, you know, you're getting these checks. And he's like, wait, wait, I'm not getting these checks, you know, <laughs> all right? So I think uh, in action, oh, sorry that that's small. Can you read that? Some of us might be able to, you may, need, need to get glasses. That's uh, something I'm discovering. He's like, I the iPad isn't as big as it used to be. Um, 
Anyway, Acts 19, verse 11 to 20, it says, Now God worked unusual miracles at the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And the, disease, and the diseases, boy, that almost sounded Amish, the diseases, and, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. And also there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And then the man in whom the evil spirit was leapt on them and overpowered them and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this became known both to all the Jews and the Greeks dwelling in, in Ephesus, and the fear and fear fell on all of them, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified, and many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds, and also many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all, and they, and they <laughs> counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver, so the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. So here we have the sons of Stephen, they try and use somebody else's identity in the spirit. And, you know, we can't do that. We have to have our own walk with the Lord. We have to have and maintain our own holiness with the Lord. We have to have and maintain our own prayer life with the Lord because that's how we get known in the spirit realm. You know, we don't want the enemy to be able to, to, to look at our lives and what we're doing and say, ah, fake news, fake news. You know, like, you look good, but I know what it's really like inside. And, and so, and the way we do that is, number one, valuing our relationship with the Lord, valuing our times together with him, making sure that we're making time together to be with him. God wants us to have our own identity in him. You know, I, I think the seven sons of Sceva, they, they probably saw what Paul was doing. They were like, that's really cool. Let's try it. And instead of getting to, to know Jesus themselves and grow, grow in their own spiritual authority, they wanted to just kind of do what he was doing and tried to step in there, and they got, they got beat up, all right? And that's what, what can happen is when we try and take things on that God has not called us to take on. They were trying to piggyback on Paul's relationship with Jesus, and you can't piggyback. Listen, if it's your parents, if it's your grandparents, if it's your spouse, you cannot piggyback off of someone else's faith walk with the Lord, we have to have and be dedicated to our own faith walk with the Lord. Amen? We can use other people's testimonies and their walk to encourage us in our walk, and that's what we should do, all right? But we should never come to a place where we devalue our own walk with the Lord, all right? Whenever we try and bolster our identity by using somebody else, and that can happen in both ways. That can happen whether you know, you're like lifting somebody up and then trying to associate with them, or it can be where you're like putting somebody else down so that you feel better than them, you know? And that's really kind of a spirit of comparison. Whenever we try and use somebody else for our own identity, it's a huge flag. It's a huge flag. It should be a huge flag to our lives, but it's a huge flag in the spirit realm that we are lacking in our own identity and we need help. We need help in our own identity. So the way we keep a healthy identity is by abiding in Jesus. We avoid comparison by abiding in God and looking upon him. The only person that you and I should be comparing ourselves with is Jesus. 
You're saying like, well, what's the point of comparing yourself with Jesus? Is because he's a, lot, he's a lot more gracious than we are. He's even a lot more gracious to us. Like Jesus is a lot more gracious to me than I am to me. Yeah? You know, he, he's okay with me being human. He's okay with me being on a journey. He's not sitting up there with a religious spirit. You know, a religious spirit can only celebrate perfection. It can't celebrate progress. And so like, you know, Jesus isn't sitting up there being like, you have to be, you have to have perfection. No, he, he's, he understands your journey. He understands where, where you and I are coming from. And he is a lot more gracious to you and I than a lot of times we are to ourselves, especially in this, uh, in the context we live in here um, in southeastern Pennsylvania, you know, where we tend to really be hard on ourselves but John chapter 15, verses 4 and 5, it says, Jesus said this. He said, abide in me and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he, uh, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So the ability to have health, the ability to have a healthy um, Example have a healthy uh, uh, influence in our lives and a healthy standard. You know, it, there's there's one thing that um, I've seen play out so so many times. There's people who have gotten like hurt in life, and in many different scenarios, you know, we can all get hurt in life, whether it's somebody else's doing or whether it's our doing or whatever. Sometimes, you know, and and we see this play out a lot of times when people get wounded in church and they get together with other people who've been wounded in church, and they'll talk. You know, they'll Maybe they'll even start like a small group or start a house church or start something like that. And, and that's okay. I believe in house churches, okay? But what happens is when we only get together with other people who have been wounded the same way we are, and there's not a standard of health in the midst, none of us get healed. We collaborate and we connect and we can hook up on the basis of mutual pain. There can actually be a soul tie that begins to form on the basis of mutual pain but healing doesn't take place. So it, we, we always need to have a standard of, of health. And this can happen, you know, my, young men getting together, uh, young women getting together about, about you know, different addictions, that kind of stuff. Is it there, We always need the standard of the health of God's word in, in those um, circles in our lives because that's what places the ability to heal in there. Amen? Listen, we need each other, we, and, and especially we need people who've understood what we've gone through. Amen? There's times we, we just, we need somebody who understands what we've gone through, and, and, and that is legitimate. There, that is totally legitimate, but we need to make sure that we have the standard of health and wholeness there as well. We need a picture of health. We need pictures of what health can look like. And that's what Jesus gives to us as we get close to him and we abide with him. We see his health. And as we look on his health, it begins to rub, out, rub off on us. So comparison, you know, if we compare ourselves with people, we either step into pride or low self-esteem. If we compare ourselves to him, we walk in humility. It keeps us humble because we know we ain't him, right? We know we are not him, <laughs> all right? It keeps us humble, and it keeps us approachable, and it, it, it helps us know that we're all loved, 
even, you know, that, that you are loved as much as I am. And so that breaks down like this pride and this comparison and all that kind of stuff that goes with that is like, man, you are fully and well loved by the Father. And it keeps us filled with grace for one another. Because like, man, if, you know, if it wasn't for the grace of, of God in my life and in other people's lives around me, like I, I would be, just like Paul said, he understood this. He said, I'm the worst of sinners. You know, so the worst person out there, each one of us has the opportunity to become, but, the, but for the grace of God. And so it helps us stay filled with grace towards each other and helps each one of us be, be aiming at health and be aiming at wholeness. And it's his wholeness that brings wholeness into our lives. And so as we abide with him, we keep looking to him, our standard of life that we begin to have becomes healthy. And we start to become healthy in our identity. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to, the, to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So what happens is as, when we get close to him, when we abide in him, when we're talking with him, when, when his life is challenging our lives and we're, and we're working that relationship out with him, what begins to happen is we begin to be transformed. And the, you know, part of what I believe out of this verse is we become, at, we become like whatever we look at. And so if we're always looking for pain, if we're always looking for, you know, looking in the world where there's just you know, a ton of chaos, and you know, there was a time where I was just really complaining to the Lord because we were dealing with a, some situations and scenarios where it was like just <laughs> maximum dysfunction, you know, from what I, my perception was like mass, maximum dysfunction. I was like, God, how can I operate in like this environment where there's just such dysfunction, this kind of thing? And he said, well, how, how do you think I operated? I was like, ooh, okay. You know, like, so here's Jesus who's used to heaven, who's used, you know, to the angels, the glory, the anointing, the, you know, the, the glory around the throne of God. And, and he comes to earth to an incredibly dysfunctional place. And he initiates the kingdom of God. And when, when I was complaining, it, it kind of just shut me up, you know, because I was having a pity party. And I know none of you ever have pity parties, but, you know, uh, um, there's things like that, that the Lord, we, you know, looking upon him helps us grow. And we are changed as we gaze upon him and as we look upon him. And so we want to avoid, you know, kind of the negative thing where all we see is the negative. We're always seeing, and it's real, you know, today, sometimes it's, it's hard, especially when we listen to the news and all that kind of stuff. There's just tons of neg negativity out there, and we have to have, we, we will become like that if we give our attention to it, and we give our gaze and the gaze of our heart on that. We will become like that. It does affect us, all right? And that's why we want to give, the, and listen, I'm not saying that we don't stand up for things we believe and all that kind of stuff. What I'm saying is that the gaze of our heart belongs to one belongs to Jesus Christ. And as the gaze of our heart is focused on him, it changes us from glory into glory into glory into glory. And we become representations of his kingdom on earth. Amen? All right. Um, your identity will be tested and challenged in life. And if we are, if we somehow have believed that we are our 
um, we are the sum of our biggest mistakes, <laughs> or we are the sum of our achievements, or we are the sum, you know, of, um, yeah, of our, what do you do when you work? Man, I just lost that word. When you're, when you're working, your achievement, not your achievements, your accomplishments. Yeah, what do you call that? Your resume. Your resume, yeah. These are all good words. You can fill that in. That's all good. <laughs> it's not the word I'm looking for. Anyway, all right. When we, <laughs> yeah. So last, I want to give, an, I put this up there because of last week, you know, uh, I was on the worship team. Some of you might have saw it. And I was playing guitar, you know, and I just, you know, I want to do everything I do with it, all my heart, right? So like, and it was my job to start the next song and I started it and I forgot to take my capo off. So I was in a total different key than everybody else, but I was starting the song, right? So like, and Lauren did a good job of recovering. I mean, she, she like was singing in, in the right key, even though I was playing in the wrong key, you know? And like, you know, if, we're, if, if we make mistakes, we have to be able to laugh at ourselves. And if we're really, you know, if we're really, um, you know, in on this, like I, I am my performance, that's what I was looking for, the word performance. Ah, identity. If our identity is our, in our performance, then, like, we can't laugh at ourselves in our mistakes. We can't, you know, like, we become, you know, overburdened and really hard on ourselves. But listen, you know, our identity is going to be challenged because we make mistakes. And we have to be able to laugh at ourselves. We have to be able to say, you know what? That's why God's grace is here, you know? Um, I'll get to that one in a second. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 14, it says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, so we, we saw him get baptized, and, and the affirmation of the Father comes upon his life. And then it says, after he was filled with the Holy Spirit, um, he returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. I think that's a pretty big understatement. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, then command these stones to be turned into bread. The challenge of the enemy was not against Jesus' power. It was not against his authority. It was not against any of those things. It wasn't against you know, his performance, any of that. It was against his identity. If you are the son of God. And each one of us in our lives, we have some of those same challenges where <clears throat> our lives or the enemy will come at us and be like, if you are a daughter of the Most High God, you know, or if you are a son of the Most High God. And what he was challenging him was like, why, why, don't, why are you hungry? You know, why, why do you not have the resources you need to sustain yourself? And anyone ever hear that from the voice of the enemy? You know, like, if, you're, if you are so called, if you're so anointed, if you're so, you know, special in God's eyes, why does your bank account look like that? Why is that number there? You know? And his challenge, Satan's challenge against Jesus, the most, this is recorded that, you know, there was other challenges that Jesus went through, but this is like recorded as the temptation of Christ. Like the most, the, the biggest temptation of Christ was against his identity. And a lot of times, the biggest temptations of our lives touch our identity. You know? When we make mistakes, we can tend to think, I am a mistake. And that's not true. That's not true. Yeah, we make mistakes. We're human. God's okay with that. God's okay with that. He doesn't want us to stay there. He doesn't want us to live there. 
He wants to bring healing. He wants, to, you know, wants us to journey with him. But it doesn't mean that you are a mistake when you make a mistake. Amen? Yeah. All right, he goes on. And, and Jesus, Jesus and this is what I love out of, this, uh, out of this portion of Scripture. It says, if you're the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him saying, it is written, man shall not live by, the bre- by bread alone, but by every word, and other translations say, that proceeds out of the mouth of God. There's something that's so life-giving about God's words over you. When, you. when you and I, when we take time to hear God's words over us, there's something that's washing about it, it's cleansing, it's empowering, and it's, it's good. Even when it's tough, it's good. Amen? It's good. And so this is how we, ident- we have um, a good and maintain a good identity. Let's explain this picture. Sometimes I forget to eat lunch. And uh, my wife is wonderful, and she'll, she'll like stack my, uh, my desk or different places with stuff like Memphis-style barbecue smoked sticks, Slim Jims. And they're wonderful. It's amazing, you know? And there was one bag in there, though, that like... It, I didn't quite understand it. It said it was like chicken and sweet potato, which I'm like, okay, yeah, we're kind of on a health kick here. That's all right. You know, like I need, I need to get healthy. And, and, but I didn't understand why there was all these little dog prints around, uh, around the bag, you know? And I was like, and I was looking at that as I was opening it. I'm like, oh, it's chicken. And, and somehow I totally missed the big words that I've now circled there in the middle. And it says four dogs, okay? And... I mean, who feeds their dogs chicken and sweet potatoes? Anyway, <laughs> obviously we do. So, um, <laughs> you know, there's, you know, and I, so I, I, you know, I had to, I, I couldn't let that one go. <laughs> I had to give her a, a hard time about it, being like, so what about this? You know, because we have this running joke in Cape Town. One of, these, uh, one of these preachers that we love says, you know, dog food, you need to be, you need to be good to your wife because dog food comes in flavors. It comes in curry flavor. It comes in beef flavor. It comes in, so <laughs> it comes in chicken and sweet potato flavor as well. I was like, baby, what did I do? What did I do? Are you calling me a dog? You know, <laughs> she wasn't. But there's things in life, and I'm showing this, there's things in life that will challenge your identity. It will challenge your identity. And if you take it to heart, there's a lot of things, you know, especially when something is reinforcing a wound we already have, man, that's tough. And when, and, and life, you know, we're going to hear stuff. There's going to be things that comes against us that reinforce the voice of the enemy or reinforces wounds that we have already received. And in that moment, the thing to do, the place to run is to run right beside the heart of the father. Say, God, this is what it's saying. This is what it brings up in me. Help me walk me through this. Amen. That's the place where we find health because he is our standard of health and he offers himself like that. So, the, you know, as much as you know, we need to learn to love, love ourselves and, you know, all of these messages that are out there and it's all good, but Jesus is the one that helps us stand and walk in and find and become a healthy individual and a healthy, having a healthy identity. Amen. The Bible says in 1 John 3, verse 20, it says, for even if our hearts condemn us, 
God is greater than our hearts. So you may be here and you're like, yeah, Merle, you don't understand what I've done. You don't understand what I've been through. You don't understand the bad decisions I've made. And your heart's condemning you. I want to tell you that God is greater than your heart. God is greater than your heart. And, and God's identity for you, God's purpose for you, his calling for you can transcend your worst mistakes. Amen? And he can bring you back because he loves you. He loves each one of us. Lamentations chapter three, verse 22 and 23 says this. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end and they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You know, there's something about starting every morning with a fresh slate with the Lord. Starting every morning from a place of wholeness. Starting every morning from a place of freedom and from a place of victory. Amen? Can we stand together? See, I told you I'd get you out of here in time. (laughs) Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Amen? The gospel is simply this, that God created the world. You've heard this over and over again, but it's, it's still true. God created the world and everything that exists, and he reigned over it supreme. He reigned and he ruled as a supreme ruler over everything that he created, and it was good. Everything functioned together well. The systems of the world worked together in perfect harmony. And the Bible tells us that Satan led a rebellion against God. And mankind, we followed in obedience to Satan's words. We followed in obedience to the father of lies' words. We followed his example in in disobedience and disobeying God. And because of that, sin came in and severed our relationship with our heavenly father, severed the relationship that we have with the one who knows who we are and why we exist. And God, in his great mercy, sent prophets and sent many people to say, listen, I'm not gonna leave it be that way. I'm not gonna let it be that way forever, <clears throat> but I'm gonna, I wanna redeem my children back to me. And so through, throughout time, we knew that he was gonna send a redeemer and Jesus came and he took the punishment for your sin for the stuff you've done wrong and for the stuff I've done wrong, he's taken it and he nailed it to the cross. And he died on the cross and rose again for you and for me. And it's in his life that we find life. It is in his life that we find freedom and victory and purpose. It's in it's his life that we are reconnected again to our heavenly father, the one who knows who we are and why we exist. But we have to make him king, just like he was in the beginning. We have to make him king in order to receive that. So if you're here today and you say, you know, I've never made Jesus the king or the Lord of my life, the king of my life. I've never given my life to him. I've never said, God, I want to do a great exchange where I give you all of my messed up life. I give you everything that I've done wrong, and I want to take your life upon me. If we've never made that great exchange and you're here I want to pray with you. There's going to be prayer ministers up here after the service uh, to, pray with, uh, to pray with you. And if, if you're here for the first time and you say, I want, I want, to, I want to make a, a, con- a commitment to walk with the Lord for the first time, we have a gift for you. Or if you're rededicating your life, we have a gift for you that will help you on that journey. But I want to invite us all to pray um, in responding to the Lord. And I would also like to pray specifically about God restoring our identity because we go through stuff 
And life can take chunks out of any one of us. Can just take, it can take bites out. But God, his purpose, his purposes remain for your life. And if you are still sucking air, if you're still breathing, God can work on your behalf. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we come to you, God. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would take these words that we've declared this morning, I've declared this morning, and and make something beautiful in our hearts and minds. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth of identity. God, we know who we are without you. God, we, just like Paul, we know who we are without you, but we also know who we are with you. And so, Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you would restore and rebuild anyone whose identity has been broken, anyone whose identity has been challenged, any play, anyone, Father, any of us, God, who feel like our, our health, our identity is not in a healthy place. I thank you that you are the standard of health. You are the standard of life. God, and, and it's not about just coming to the front or responding to a message. It's, it's about responding to you. And so, God, today our hearts respond to you. God, today our life responds to you. In Jesus' name. If you're here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I invite you to pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you. And I ask that you would give me your life. And in return, I give you mine. I lay it down. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my future. And I ask that you would lead me. And I ask that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. I recognize that my life is full of sin and I need saving. And I ask you to take my sin and give me your wholeness. In Jesus' name, I commit my life to you and I ask that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Prayer ministers, you can come forward. Um, yeah, if, if you would like prayer for anything, if you would like prayer for healing, if you would like prayer for just some things you're challenged with in life or, or discussions about identity or any of that stuff that maybe you feel like has been stirred up, we want to pray for you. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, man, we want to celebrate, and you just did, we want to celebrate that. Whether you're here or online, make sure you message us. We want to celebrate the decision that you've made to give your life and follow completely in his path and in his footsteps. Don't forget, next week, we will not be here. So online, we will not be, on, uh, we will not be online either. Um, we're going to be in Lidditch Springs Park at the Band Shell having an awesome time, having a rocking time there. Uh, we're going to take our worship service there, but we're also going to take kind of like a, 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 a fellowship meal slash fun day that we're going to have as, as a church family. So we invite you all to come to that. Invite friends, family, and neighbors to that. God bless you and have a powerful week. Stay cool, all right? But stay hotter inside than it is outside. Amen? All right. God bless you.